is January or the week of January 28th, 2020, and we're continuing on with the series, The Authority of Jesus, Part 2, Who Did the Will of His Father? And so I'm so happy you joined me today, and I, I really can't wait to share this word with you. It's so anointed. So let's go ahead and get started. Last week, I was coming from Matthew chapter 21, verses 23. I should say the authority of Jesus. And we didn't get to the parables part of the scripture yet. So I wanted to go ahead and begin there this week. And so we know from last week that Jesus had just been um, pretty much cornered and asked the question of how is he able to do these things or what authority has he who's given him this authority to preach and teach and to lead the people because the no um, as far as they to the knowledge of the el- the elders and the um chief priests no one had given Jesus any earthly authority to operate in the way in the in the way that in the, and do the things that he was doing and uh, so that was a big problem for them <clears throat> because he was going against a lot of the things that the pe- that they were telling the people Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read here. And we're in Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will. I will not go. But afterwards he repented and went. And he came to the second and said the same. And he answered and said, I'll go, sir, and went not. Whether whether of them twain did the will of the Father. They say unto him, The first Jesus saith unto them, um, Verily I say unto you, That the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And yes, when he had seen it, they repented not afterward that they might believe him. And so um, the way this is read is kind of jumbly a little bit. <laughs> I would try to read it. It's the King James Version. Um, but basically what's being said here in this first parable is that there was there was a um a father which represents the, our heavenly father who asked um both of his children because we know in the jewish tradition and almost everybody that is, is of jewish descent they believe that they are children of abraham and uh that, that's a long story to that but there was two sons of abraham correct there was isaac and there was um ishmael and so, even now, people are still fighting over the descendants of Ishmael and the descendants of Isaac are still fighting. So, um, here we have, there's two, there's two nations or two, two options, okay? Everyone belongs to the Lord regardless of if they follow him or not. Everyone belongs to, to God. But there was an option for them to go work in the vineyard. 
and to do the do the work of the Lord or do the work of their father, basically. And one child, you know, he, he thought he didn't want to do it. You know, he just immediately, without even thinking about it, he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do the work. I'm not going to do what you asked me to do, dad. But then later on, when he thought about what, you know, what he should do and that he should be obedient to his father, he repented, it says, and he went. So he, on his own, he made that decision to change and turn and go back and do the will of his father. Then it says the second son, likewise, when he gave him, you know, when he gave him the charge to go and work, he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm doing it. I'll do the work. But he did not end up going. So when the so the other child that outwardly he said he would do he would do it no issue he didn't he didn't give any opposition when he was asked directly if he would do the work but when it came time to really do the work he didn't do it and so um, the reason I brought up the whole Abraham Isaac and Ishmael situation is because the Lord he was being, he he was being very um. He's been very intentional of the way he talked about this because he was basically because especially when his next statement, when he says the harlots and the and the um, publicans, like the the so-called bad people, they're going to go into the kingdom before you guys, the ones that think you're holy. So um, they would always the the people of that time, the the religious elite, this is who he's mainly saying this parable in front of, they believe that their bloodline was the chosen and that they were more closer to God because they were kids that they were children of, of Abraham and they were the ones who were keeping the laws. They were the ones who were, uh, I guess like given the promises of Abraham. And so, uh, they were the chosen generation, the chosen people. And so in this case, the Lord is showing that, um, everyone is in the same family. We're not going to, he, he wasn't trying to make a difference between people based on who they were related to or what bloodline they were part of because he made sure that these sons belong to the same family. So both, both children belong to the same father so that their, their obedience or disobedience was not, it had nothing to do with them, um, not being good enough in as far as their bloodline is concerned. They both had equal opportunity to do the will of their father. And so that is already one point that Jesus is making in this. The second point that he's making. So now let's look at the reaction of the and the behavior of these two two boys. The first son, he was in direct rebellion towards his father's request. No, dad, I'm not going to do it. But then later on, when he came to us, already thought about things, and he he thought about how good of a father he probably had, and that he really wasn't in the he was in, totally in the wrong to treat his father this way. He repented, and he had like a sorrowfulness about what he did, and then he went and did the work out of obedience and out of true servitude, and really just understanding that this was this was his role as a as a son is to listen to his father. Then we have the other son who I want to just tell you guys something real quick. 
I know in our society, when people give their word about I'm going to do something, it's not giving the big weight, as much weight on their word alone. But back then, during the time of Jesus, if you gave an oath and you said, yes, I'm going to do something, especially to a, your your father figure uh, or, you know, to authority like your father, it was as well as done. Like that father should be able to not have to check on that uh, that situation again. You you saying you're going to you giving your father your word that you're going to do it is just the same as if you've already done the work. So that was a strong agreement that he made with his father when he said, yes, father, I will do the work. However, somehow on the way, he didn't ever get around to doing the work. And there was never anything that was mentioned about if he felt bad about it, why he didn't do the work. But we do know that with the first son, that he had a repentance heart and that we know that his attitude fully changed after he had that time of repentance and reflection. And and so we don't so we know that what Jesus was trying to convey when he asked the question, which of them did the will of the father? And of course, in this illustration, it's obvious that the one that gave the oath that he would do it, but never got around to doing it, did not do the will of the father. So here we have a situation with with the mindset of of people and nations and it and it goes into people groups but it's not about the people group itself it's about the unwillingness to repent and the unwillingness to be truthful not just with the father but with the with this per, with with, their, with yourself because I don't know what would cause someone to lie boldface to their parent, knowing that eventually if the work doesn't get done, you have to answer to your father. You know, like I even have two boys myself and I know that I have one son. If I tell him to do something, sometimes he may forget. And then I give him a pass sometime if I really thought he forgot. But if he says, yeah, mom, I know, I know, I don't know. I know he'll do that to me. He'll cut me off. And I tell him, hey, did you remember that you're supposed to do this chore? Now, he doesn't get the credit for doing a half done chore, which he likes to do a lot. He doesn't get credit for that chore being done until it is done completely and done and done right. And so here we are with a with a lot of people. Just in general, the Lord has put a lot of everyone into two categories and he does it over and over. He illustrates it differently, but he puts people into two categories. There's no middle ground because if you're you're either doing the will of the father or you're not, it's not I'm I'm going to get around to it. I thought I, I forgot no, it's none of that. Because once you have a real repentance and a real experience with the Lord, your next job, the very next thing you do right away is get into alignment and you get into obedience with the Lord and what he tells us to do on a regular basis. So it's no, there is no, no middle ground that people always try to create that they're doing a little bit of the wheel. They are satisfying the Lord because they give him half. You know, they give them half of their money. They give them half of their well, 20% of their time. They give them, you know, this or that. And we and, and people have really gotten to a complacency and to the point where now when the request is made for obedience, we sometimes, and I, I know I've been here, but I, I've not been there in years. I haven't been at this point like this other son where in your mind, you already say, oh, I'm doing that or I'm serving God. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. But then when you really think about is the work that you are doing the will of the father, is it, is it his will?
So that's why he said, which one of these sons did the work of the father? The one that just gave lip service or the one who actually did the work? He he made it so plain that every person belongs to the heavenly father. And that's good. That's the good news that um, the Lord has no respect for our persons and that he wants all of us to come to the knowledge of the truth and turn from our wicked ways, forsake that and become followers and doers of the of, of the of God and a part of his kingdom. And so I just I just thought that that first parable it is it, it's it's really telling of how serious it is to to focus on the things that the Lord wants us to be focused on and to trust and have the Jesus as our full authority in our lives, not doctrines of men, not being a part of cliques or being a part of these social constructs. Because these people that he just said will enter the kingdom first were basically uh, despised by the community. The public, the publicans and the harlots, that, that's almost like even today, a lot of people despise prostitutes. But um, I'm trying to think of another job that a lot of people despise like the uh the trash collectors <laughs> not the tax collectors that's what the, what the publicans were back then but we we have now is um people that you know I guess like pick up the trash in our community and stuff like that nobody thinks that no one really thinks twice about people that are picking up the trash and 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 hauling it off to the dump for us they're doing a huge service to our community but no one would want to be in grade school saying yo when I grow up I want to be a trash collector you know I, I want to work for the for the city dump so it'd be like Jesus saying <laughs> the people that work for the city dump and the people that are just homeless and just despising our community those people are the first ones that's going to enter in the kingdom before the religious people that you see on TV and and uh, the people that you see supposedly doing the crusades and all those, some of those people really are, um, when all the Lord knows where their heart is at, if their heart is really for the gospel, if their heart is really to line their pockets, only the Lord knows that. But I'm just saying, like, don't be, don't be deceived by people that are well, well esteemed in our communities and in this world, because the Lord doesn't have a respecter of people like that. He looks at who's actually out here doing the work. Who's actually out here witnessing? Who's actually out here, you know, with the heart of gold and the fruits of the spirit and really setting people free, like getting people out of human trafficking, uh, getting people um, not just a meal, but getting them the bread of life, which is Jesus. Like it's more to just, to just doing good works. It's the heart behind the work and the fact that am I serving Jesus? Am I serving the the father in heaven because I'm out here doing his bidding. I'm out here doing what he's called me to do. Uh, because as you see in this parable, the father was the one who asked these sons to go do the, to go get busy and go do some work. And so it was then up to them to follow through with their request and to go out and actually do the work or not to. So the bell rang, so I had to stop. But I wanted to leave you with that thought as far as am I doing the will of the Father? And was the last time the Lord, you know for sure the Lord told you to do something? And how quick were you to get 
get on it? How quick were you to be obedient to what he had told you to do? Because I believe we serve a real Jesus, a real father, and we have a real father. And he does lead us and guide us in all these different ways. And he knows, he knows our response before he even tells us to do something. But sometimes he does it to show us who we are. Because like even with Abraham, when he told Abraham to kill Isaac, you know, he knew that um, Abraham was obedient and believed in him and would do it, would follow through with it. But he said after Abraham was about to do it, he said, this is so you would know who, you know, how much you love me and how much, you know, you, you believe in, in who I am as your God, because you, because he knew, he basically said that Abraham was telling herself, even if my son passes away, the Lord already promised me this nation through Isaac then that, you know, my seed would be great on this earth. So he's, he knew the Lord had the ability to resurrect Isaac. Even if, you know, his life was taken, he knew that wasn't going to be the end of the story. And so when we, when we have faith like that in, in Christ, when we have that kind of faith, that unwavering faith, that obedience to the Lord, there's no telling what he can do in our lives. And I know I brought Abraham in at the end here, but I just want you to think about obedience is better than sacrifice. And the Lord is calling us in this hour to be obedient. Don't be like the first son that said, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then when time came to really get the work done, he was he really didn't make it around to doing it. Be like the be like the second son that he knows who his father is and he knows his father's voice. And he even though he might not have been quick to originally get on get on get on the job he now is he is now being obedient and getting the work done and so that is what the lord expects from all of his children is obedience and for us to do the work that he has called us to do amen and please be a better human today thank you for listening and i look forward to picking up up this lesson again next week with part three of the authority of jesus